Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we're going to talk about Jockey Wilson and all of his darts games. Yes. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the jockey. Me too. I did not know of him before, but I'm, I'll never forget him. I've never heard of him before this. <laughs> um, but we have some uh, we have some mailbag this week. Oh, Aaron, mailbag! Before we get to the oh, feedback, beauty. actually, we got a little extra mailbag. What do you got? Well, I got all kinds of stuff. Here. All right, I didn't know we got mail. This Beautiful. first uh, package comes from Mark McDonald, aka Tapes from the Crypt. Oh, tapes from the Crypt. And uh, he has sent us. Oh man, what do we got this here? Looks like. Oh. There's an Amiga One ad, Amiga Future magazine. Oh, snap. Yeah, we just four did, issues of Amiga just, Future. I believe, they, didn't they just celebrate their anniversary a little bit ago? Wasn't that them? Yeah, I think so. Man, these, take a look at that. Oh, these, I remember the ones we've got. The one we had was really nice. Thank you, Tapes. That was nice of you, man. Yeah, these are awesome. I just oh, love. Oh, man. I love the, how glossy. Yeah, the, the paper is so <laughs> nice. Uh, so we will read the heck out of these for sure. Why don't our newsstands um, carry these things? Well. Oh, yeah. Dadgummit. Yeah, we're terrible. Why did I even mention it? Ooh, look at that. I read about that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I forgot to start doing More Bill Manor. There we go. There you go. That's on the list, yeah. right? All right. So uh, thank you. Thanks very much. Tapes from the Crypt. Yes, you. thank you, Tapes. Look at that. What a, yeah, that's, what that's, is going I don't know here? if that's Amiga-related. <laughs> Oh yeah, she's. You can tell she's probably a hardcore media it's one user. Of, it's one of those kind she's of. She's got. She's got several versions of OS four on her. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Look how beautiful. Now glossy. this. Uh, this comes from. I don't know. There's no return address on this. Is it ticking? Uh, it's not ticking, but it did come from Great Britain. Oh my! It's got the the seal of the royal mail, the seal of the queen. I was. So what do we? What do we? What do we seal our stuff with? Some gum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got. <laughs> we got. We got no seals. <laughs> Hi, John and Aaron. Just received my Amigos magnet, and now it's on the fridge. Thank you. I saw you unboxing your A600 a couple weeks back and noticed that it was also missing something underneath. It was mentioned in the chat and also missing its LEDs, so I have included a replacement LED board, <laughs> although it seems that Aaron is taking care of that in the meantime. There is also an LED for the caps key, should you need it, wrapped in red foam. It's not much, but I hope you can make use. Enjoy the chalky. Ooh. And have a great 2018. Kind regards, Duncan Styles. Duncan, thank you very much. So Duncan has sent us, oh man. Oh man, we're going to tear into some of this. You yeah. ready for this? Jammy Dodgers. Oh boy. That is the most Britishly named treat I've ever heard Here, of. Let me handle that. I'll take care of that <laughs> for you, Boat. We also have some Swizzles drumstick squashies. I love a good squashy. I don't know what that is. A squashy? Um, I know what a squashy is. And uh, here... Here is your trapdoor, your A600 trapdoor. Thank you very much. And uh, your LEDs. Here's the hilarious thing. You ready for the funny, hilarious thing? This is like something out of O. Henry. Yes, it is. <laughs> I sold my hair to buy you beautiful hair clips. So, 
I got an email from a, uh, our good buddy Slow Norris uh, about a guy that's been about three or four weeks ago. He said, listen, he goes, I'm, I'm happy that you guys have this A600, but I, I want to contribute something to it. I want to send you some things. He goes, what do you want? And I said, well, you know, I really don't need anything for it. I got it up and running. I was like, but, I, you know, what I could use is I don't have a trap door. And the LEDs I had to jury rig. And I don't have and there's and I don't have any uh, uh, memory expansion for it. You know the one meg little number on the mm -hmm. front. He goes, heck, he goes, let me take care of you. And this week I got a package in the mail at the house. And guess what it was? It was a trap door. It was an LED replacement and a memory sim. So now, feast or famine, we now have two Amiga 600 trap doors. That's great. We had none, and we've got an extra one of these <laughs> LEDs. And you're right. Oh, this is different than the one I have. Now the one I have has a uh, a yellow and two greens, I think, and this one looks like it's got three blues. That's the pal edition. Is that? Are you just making that up? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, I am. Don't do that. Because <laughs> I believed you for a second, you goof. Thank you very much. I, I will. Uh, we'll do something. <laughs> yeah. I may go home and see which one of these LED strips I like better. You know, it's funny. The caps light. I never really paid attention to. Uh, uh, to to what color it was or if it works. I'm not even sure I've ever hit the caps lock. So I may well. so I may be able to use that. So thank you very much. And everyone has been more than uh, uh, generous. Slow Norris. I wanted. To, I was going to mention this actually. Ironically, I said before I didn't know we were getting this stuff, but thank you very much for your generosity, and we appreciate it, don't we both? Absolutely. Thank I have, you so uh, much. I've used the six hundred. Of course. Uh, uh, thanks to uh, the Huckster for sending the 600 in the first place. And as I've mentioned, I use it literally every day. And before I came over here, I was playing darts on it. So I've gotten a lot of use out of it. And I appreciate everyone for helping me, helping us out. We appreciate it yeah, very much. Thank you so much. Um, and But it's the, the chocolate parade is not over yet. Oh, man. We've got some Cadbury Dinky Deckers. You ever you ever had a Dinky Decker? Uh, no. It's, I well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, Cadbury. And then look at this. This oh, is the gold oh, standard oh, right oh, here, man. baby. Cadbury Dairy Milk Oreo Mint Flavor. Look at all these goodies so, we yeah, got today, buddy. Yeah. So, oh, um, thanks, everybody. I'm going to dig right into this. This yeah, is, get you this one is of those. a jammy Dodger. I'm going to tell you what I think it tastes like. Man, I, it's like Christmas came again. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to try. I don't even want one of these, but I, I, I've got to try something that's called a squishy. We, have a, we don't eat on the show much anymore, which is funny because I'm a big fat guy. You think I do it all the time. <laughs> I'm going to try one of these. No one, everyone likes to hear the rattling of plastic. Whoa, oh, that's yeah. weird. These look like, you remember? Oh, yeah. Dr. Mario. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Here, try that. What would you call that flavor, Boat? Vanilla and something. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, it doesn't say what they are. Oh, raspberry boat. Okay. Oh, raspberry and milk flavored. Oh, I got the milk flavor all right. That's well, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys very much. We yeah. appreciate that. All right. Um, so that concludes. We we'll always take British candy, won't we? Absolutely. <laughs> British candy is the best candy. Mm -hmm. um, We've got some feedback, too. Uh -oh. um, Adam Battersby writes in. He says, hi, guys. 
Hope you're okay. I've got so much enjoyment out of your podcast and YouTube videos, and I think you put in an incredible amount of work and effort into what you do. So please keep up the good work. And he has increased his uh, Patreon donation oh, to wow. the uh, Amigos Game Selection Committee oh, level. Oh, great. Which, and so, what ever happened to that committee? <laughs> and so he has requested that we review Dune for the oh, Amiga. Man. We should be required so, to watch the film, too. <laughs> Adam's in... Is he in, still in chat? He was in chat, wasn't he? I think that's that's Adam Bradley. Oh, that's right. Okay, sorry, my yeah. bad. I can't see from here. We'll go, thank you, Adam. Treyguard is uh, is Adam Batters. Now, I'll tell you something about Dune. Okay, have you ever played this? No. Me either. But it looks really complicated and tough. All right, and this is like the godfather of like real-time strategy games or something like that. No, no, that's, that's, Dune, that's Dune 2. Dune oh. 1 is a completely different game. Okay, I'm hoping to just shoot worms. <laughs> Just sandworm blasting. Good, good, mm -hmm. good. Yeah. So um, anyway, thank you very much, Adam. Thank you. And um, if you would like to become a member of the Amigos Game Selection Committee, which means that you get to pick one game a month for us to review, you can go on over to patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. All right, Aaron, it's time to queue up the news of the week. Let me uh, fire up the Gambletron 5000 here. Um. Once you flip her, first thing we should cover, when UAE. All right, you should never eat again on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm chewing it up right now. So they've released a new version of when UAE this week. Uh, I have not installed it, <laughs> but I have heard good things. And I was looking over the new options, and they look it looks pretty nice. So I don't usually cover minor uh, updates, but this one looks like it's a pretty major one. Uh, and so, uh, I figured I'd stick it up there. Uh, WinUAE, as you know, is the uh, sort of the standard bearer of emulation on the on the Amiga, and pretty much the backbone of every Amiga-based anything. So right. there you go. So if you're into that, go for it. Now I want to talk about this. Um, see who sent this over? Adam Bradley uh, sent us an article over, and it's about the Amy. All right, the Amy is a I mean, it is as close as you're going to get in modern times to an Amiga uh, motherboard that's new. Mm -hmm. It's an ATX-style motherboard. Um, it is a... Uh, it's, they've basically recreated the chips. Uh, it's got uh, a 68,000 chip on it. It's got uh, the ECS chipset, the enhanced 2 megs of chip RAM. Uh, it will, and here's the crazy thing about this. Now get this boat. Oh, did you look into this at all? No. Get this is what blew me away. It can be upgraded with uh, the, uh, some of the Amiga 500 um, enhancements, like uh, the terrible fire accelerator. It also has two Zorro two slots, so it's sort of like an Amiga 2000 board. So this is basically a newly produced motherboard that you can slot chips, Amiga chips into. Well, I mean, it comes with every the Amiga chips in them. Oh, it already yeah, comes yeah, yeah. with it. Okay. Right, right. Okay. Now, from what the article says, they've only made 25 of these, and I'm guessing these are tester units, right? Uh, however, um, this could effectively be new. I mean, what do you describe this as? New hardware that that is the same as old hardware in a new footprint? Well, here's the thing. Are they, is there a factory somewhere in China that's pumping out new Paula chips? 
I don't know. I'm not sure it even mentioned on here where it where these chips come from. Because it's that, not an FPGA. Because that's what that's what I wonder is where is he getting these legacy chips from? It's no big deal to you know, to produce a new circuit board. I mean, it is a big deal, but it happens all the time. But if you've got some kind of a you know prefab unit that's spitting out new retro chips, that seems like an awful big financial investment. Well, maybe that there's a stockpile of these that we don't know about. Maybe they're not as rare as we think. That's you know, true. I don't Maybe know. Not. I never looked around and said, like, I wonder if I can get a Paula chip. I mean, someone sent me one, but I don't know where they got it. Maybe they were out there. You know, remember when I uh, replaced the Paula chip on the 1200? Yeah, that was so, Jason yeah. in the chat right now. Thank you. Uh, it, uh, by the way, news update. This is uh, I've been following a, uh, a uh, group on Facebook that had a fellow who had the exact same problem that my 1200 had, which was the mouse click, right click wasn't working, remember that? And it also would make the speaker pop and it would eventually just not work. He's had the same thing. And I've been, there, everyone's been making all these suggestions and I've been killing each one of them. That didn't work, that didn't work. And finally the fellow went and did, I told him, I said, this isn't gonna work. But he went and changed his Paula chip too. And guess what? It didn't work. <laughs> and so I feel a little better about that problem because I know that this, I mean, this is like uh, the Facebook group of the Amiga. This is a super, this, these are some advanced folk, mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do, and so they're going through it. Now, I sold that 1200, as you know, uh, about a month ago uh, to a fellow, uh, but uh, I'm kind of following it along just to see what happens, and also to keep this guy in the loop in case he wants to end up getting it fixed. Uh, but it's an interesting problem. But in getting back to the chips, I don't know, again, I don't know how rare those chips are. I can't imagine why they would keep producing them, but... You know, I don't know. It's crazy, but that article was great. I was very pleased to see that, and the idea of having an ATX-style Amiga that you could literally put into a PC case and have room to put your GoTech in nicely, maybe put a CD-ROM in there and have and have it all in a you know a normal PC. Say it's not the worst idea. It's really, I mean, if you if the Amiga is your retro system of choice, like if they made something like that, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Most of the retro systems that I'm into. <laughs> Don't really have a lot of expansion capabilities, right? Because I mean, and all of all the expansion was, uh, you know, out the side, right? right? You know, and it was a, a, you know, when you get into stuff like the TI or the Coco, you could have a, a or the one thousand or five hundred, you could have stuff stretched all the way across your desk, right? And it's just crazy. And if you think about something else, uh, and we've talked about this before, you've got Amiga hardware failing, mm -hmm. right? You've got power supplies failing. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to, without a bunch of crazy peripherals that come from Poland, to actually hook up a PC power supply just and have it mounted properly in a case? It would be easier. You know, you don't have to depend. Just like the just a good example is this, this little LED strip. You know, these I've had very generous people give me these on the podcast, but your average person, it's no easy task to find these things, mm -hmm. especially in the states. So if you could just hook them up to a PC, put in some PC LEDs that, you know, in the front of the case, it's a win-win all around. Plus, you, you're using the hardware that you enjoy. So I wish them well on this. I'm going to be following it pretty closely. Um, this is a bit of local news, but I'm going to throw it in here for all the people in the U.S. Uh, Korgs has announced uh, their next, the date of their next convention. Korgs is Columbus, Ohio Retro Gaming Society. This is the one convention I go to pretty much every year. This is the one in Huntington, Power Up. Uh, and, and this one is more my flavor than Power Up. 
so this year it's going to be... I like that they've, they've announced this by what appears to be some sort of a color laser well, printer printed out single sheet of paper. Allow me to elaborate. <laughs> Not only did, is this a horrible sheet of paper, but they had the date wrong. I went in there with, like, Microsoft Paint and changed the date. Oh, my gosh. They, they had the date wrong. Uh, uh, the uh, I, I didn't add anything else, and what got my attention was the fact that this is the first time I've ever seen them include the Amiga and the Apple and at a Commodore, because this show, if you'll recall last year, I shot video of it, there wasn't a lot of classic computer stuff outside some of the Atari 8-bit stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to see uh, uh, some Amiga. I'm even thinking about me doing something up there. I was going to talk to you about it later. <clears throat> I don't know. But what you need to do is take careful notes for when we do AmigaCon in the summer. That's right. And you can you can see what's working and what's not. What working. makes sense is to go to a con where there's no Amiga stuff and then start taking them notes. That's right. Hey, <laughs> if they draw a crowd, you know, I mean, this place, this Quarks, I mean, it, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, right? Yeah, it's pretty big. This year, it's going to have nine thousand square foot of uh, dealer space and four thousand square foot of exhibitor space. So obviously, it does. It is a big deal. Yeah, it's pretty big. So you need to figure out. What what they're doing to we, get we that? We need about new. what fifty foot of space and a, uh, somewhere to put a mini fridge. <laughs> We're done. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, if you're going to be in, uh, I should probably say the date. They've announced that it's going to be uh, Saturday, one day only, Saturday, June the second, two thousand eighteen, and it's going to be uh, at uh, Hilliard, Ohio, and they've got the address on here. It's pretty cheap to get in. And they've got a lot of good stuff. It's usual convention prices, which means it's Galgeroo, baby. But you can get a good deal if you look around. It's still pretty far off, June. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So but they, they're announcing early. I'm getting the jump, yeah. right? So anyway, if you're into Korgs, and uh, if you're going to be there, or we think you might want to go if you're local, like get in touch with us, and maybe we'll think about getting into something. I don't know. I haven't, I'm not going to talk for him, but I'll, I'll probably go. I always have a good time. Um, next on the docket. Um, you want to talk about this uh, gimmick from Ravi? I read about this on his Facebook page, but I haven't actually, I didn't actually uh, attend the event. So, we'll, we'll yeah, so I, I happened to come across this on Twitter. This is um, Ravi has a. You all like to call him Ravi. Ravi. You, you do this thing where you you make the the vowels long. All I like the time. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of I, the opposite of the the British who like nachos. They say nachos. Really? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So you're you're. You sort should of hear me pronounce the towns in Kentucky. They don't. I don't know what they're well, going. I don't know who pronounces yeah, those right. It's, I'm all out of touch on those. <laughs> um, but this is um, Ravi's set. On I guess. Your base. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I realize that this is probably going to be. Deafening. Deafening to you. Um, yeah. Is that him right there? Boy, I can't see from here. Yeah. I'm going to turn this way down here. There we go. Um, and uh, But this is him uh, going to town on, uh, I think he's got an Amiga 500, an Amiga 1200, or maybe it's two 1200s. But whatever he's doing, he's manipulating them in such a way to uh, to make music come I out. I love of it. Him. You can see the power supplies down something on the table. There's yeah. little blocks. And he's doing the DJ thing where it's like he'll pick up a headphone and put it next to his ear for a couple seconds. That's how you know. That's the that, cool guy. Yeah, that's when you, that's when you know that you're. Right, a pro he's been, he's been a friend of the show from way back, and of course he's part of an awesome show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the I, I you know I heard that the Retro Hour is actually the number three podcast in England. Just just no category. They're the number it. three podcast. I'm uh, not surprised. Yeah. No, so. I, I listen to it about every episode, and uh, you know, 
Those guys have got their ducks in a row, and they know everybody. Mm -hmm. They get all the big names. Yeah. You know, interviews out the yin yang. So, but that, that's awesome. And the guy's a DJ. What a cool guy. He's yeah, he's awesome. What what do we do that's cool? We got nothing. 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 He's you everything. Were a band I director. Be. Do you ever get in a band room with a couple of Amigas? Oh yeah. Some headphones. Some headphones. And say, okay, kids. Twist some knobs. <laughs> you just get them to go do 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 do, and you start mixing it up. You know. Maybe I should do that. That should just, be that, and then film just, it, yeah. and then you could be a cool guy. It's true. It's all no, it takes. I don't think I'd do it. <laughs> so anyway, I just saw that. Thought it was cool. Okay, here's another one. I, I again, uh, interesting. And we haven't played this game, but I've heard good things about it. I, I don't think did we we may have, did we play Hunter when we did. We our, played Hunter yeah, we and Amiga. That's what I thought. So this Hunter is was a bizarre game. It was like a free roaming multiple vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like uh, if Elite and Grand Theft Auto had a kid, <laughs> it would be this game. But anyway, they've released a uh, one of those classic uh, e EXE files. So you can play this on your Windows PC. This is a game that I think we're going to have to put on our shortlist. It may already be there. Uh, I remember when we played this. I mean, I literally I didn't know anything like this existed. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And it's so, so it seems like it's such, it's so outside the realm of what could be possible on the Amiga. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, did you have a look at this uh, this fellow Mick Coinger? Uh, he sent us a link over here. A Discord, free voice and text chat for gamers. And there's apparently there's an Amiga channel on here. Right. So do you know? Are you I'm familiar not, with not. Discord? Okay. I'm not. Discord do is. Do you know about it? Yeah. Discord oh, okay. is sort of the new hot IRC. Um, <laughs> So that doesn't seem you, like something that could exist. You know how you know how like when you were in your old hackery days and you'd get on the IRC channels and you'd talk. Well, now like a lot of Patreon people have a Discord-only chat. Um, there is uh, a lot of the cryptocurrency people; they have their own private channels and stuff. And it's basically just like IRC, except it's it's fully multimedia enabled, so you can drag photos and stuff in there and all that oh, stuff. Oh, okay. Why well, that would be nice. Yeah, and it? it also has a voice chat component. And so, what a lot of people use it for, like Giant Bomb, they'll have a call-in segment where they'll use Discord as the platform, and people can actually call in using Discord, and you can filter calls and stuff like that using it. So, okay, whenever great. Amigo starts our call-in segment, we'll probably oh, use can Discord. You <laughs> now, have you been to this official Amiga corner? I, I have area? not been. I've not been to the official Amiga Discord chat yet. See, this makes me want to sort of go to that. Yeah, I'll see be what's going on in there. So, <clears throat> this from uh, our good and dear friends, God bless them, Indie Retro News. There's a, a teaser out for a new game. Now, I, and I normally don't put stuff like this in, but this looks pretty cool. I'd say it's called Scourge of the Underkind. Cool name. That's what got me, because it's D&D-like. You know me. I'm a sucker for that crap. Um, this should be due out fairly soon. Uh, it sort of has a... Uh, and actually, our good pal Brill Barracuda mentioned this. It has a sort of a Chaos engine -y feel to it, or a uh, Chaos engine -y meets a, meets a, a Diablo uh, sort of affair. It looks good. It's it Also, one thing I like about this, because a lot of these demos I see... It's like to run to run this game. You'll need a, a, a O40 Amiga with a Blizzard with, expansion, with a stack of yeah. RAM on it, <laughs> and, and and the powers of a wizard to make it work. This looks like this will run on uh, your your classic Amiga. So and it looks good. It's sort of like um, if you look at the graphics, it has elements of uh, Chaos Engine, but also it looks sort of like gods. There's that mm -hmm. shadowing and the way the bodies are drawn. It's got that kind of look. So that, hey. Not bad. Yeah. It's coming out this summer, so keep an eye on it. It looks like a winner. 
Plus, no. the guy that programmed it is named Mangus, which is Man, awesome. Man, you can't get right. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we have such lame names? We can't get a cool name like Mangus. Been asking that for years. Or, or, <laughs> yeah, we did the, all the all the cool Scandinavian countries. They get the best stuff. Now, this is an interesting one. Uh, this is another another great site. I mined this from VintageIsTheNewOld.com. Mm, I've been there before. Yeah. It's a good site. I love the name. Uh, so, uh, a fellow named Simon Verguanven uh, ha- has acquired the complete Amiga floppy disk collection of uh, BS1, which apparently these guys were like culling together Amiga disks from uh, back in the day. And this guy, if you saw this collection he acquired, it's ludicrous the amount of crap this guy's got. And what he's doing is he's slowly uh, going to upload all this stuff. And some of it's already uploaded. And you can, wow. you can just go get what you want. And, I mean, it's straight up, you know, it. it, it I'm certain it's not legal, depending on your perspective. Again, I, I'm not going to get down that road. You know, do what you want. But, but I, I bet there might be some, like, you know, homebrew or at least, like, records of, like, Amiga user groups and stuff like that that might be fun to look through. Well, you know, it's uh, even when you get, I'll tell you, the... Uh, the version of, I think it was uh, the first of the Jockey Wilson games uh, that I had. At the beginning of it, it has, of course, it's cracked all to hell, you know, as, as one would expect. But at the beginning of it, it's got all these phone numbers and all these addresses. Like, listen, here is where you call or write to get your to get these Visa cards. And here's where you get the phone cards. I mean, it was straight up. Bunko, larceny. It was straight up theft. <laughs> yeah. I thought, man. And, and the addresses, name, they don't give, they give a crap about that stuff. And I will say that it is amusing to see how they was just, they didn't care. Right. It, like, part in the game was secondary. These guys this are is, pir- these guys are bootlegging Visa cards. Yeah, laundering money and... You know, for God's sake. So, uh, um, let's see if there's anything else we need to look at here. Um, okay, yeah, here's another one. Dreamcatcher, or excuse me, uh, so that's site news. We'll let you cover that. Um, oh, this is one more thing we want to look at here. There's a lot of news this week. Yeah. So, um, this is from Generation Amiga, a good site, which I wish I could get at home, but I never, I, I can, I'm at work, but I can't. I'm going to get it on my phone. Um, New York-based Amiga Incorporated has secured its Amiga trademark at the European uh, Union Intellectual Properties, whatever. So, this is another player in the uh, copyright game. Wow. These guys apparently haven't done jack squat yeah. with, the, with their trademark. I didn't even realize there was an Amiga Inc. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, there is. And they just renewed their. And, and the thing is, when you renew these things, it's like renewed to like 2028 or something. I mean, it's forever. Wow. They'll be on there forever. I don't know what they did, what they do, or what they're going to do with it. You know, I have no idea. Well, we'll keep an eye and update with any news for sure. Um, that's a big story these yeah, days. Yeah, well, I mean, is it? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll just hold on to it for another 30 years and do, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, under, I don't understand how you can have a copyright for Amiga and then have a separate copyright for Amiga Inc. when they're the, essentially the same thing. I'm assuming that when Amiga and Commodore went down, it was just, it was just crazy. It was a free time, for all, you know, yeah. You know, because I know that uh, even a few years ago, it's, it wasn't. Um, one of one of the big uh, manu- uh, arcade, or no, it was one of the home uh, Super Nintendo manufacturers when they went down. I, it wasn't Midway. It might have been a claim. It might have. I think it was a claim mm-hmm. when they went down. It just had a, people were buying their crap for nothing. Oh, yeah. They were just yeah. buying big chunks of it. Yeah. I was like, man, and they were buying just okay. We're going to sell this name and this name and this name. And they just so they owned like that three or four tank That was, was a crazy time. Yeah. And it was cheap. Mm-hmm. I could. I was like, man, why didn't I get me some of that? Yeah, you, you could know? have owned the rights to Mortal Kombat. And I was thinking I could own Shaq Fu. Yeah, and you know I could be making money right there. 
that's all I got for news. What do you got for site news? Or you want me to go over that? Why too? don't you go over that so okay. I can continue to uh, man the board? Okay, here. man the board. Yeah, where's our producer at again? <laughs> um, so, you ever heard of uh, a fellow called Lupo Alberto Boat? No. What? I know it's crazy. You don't read Italian comics, <laughs> you idiot. I guess not the right ones. <laughs> well. Uh, guess who does? <laughs> There's only one man crazy enough to know what the hell I'm talking about. He's Dreamcatcher. And he has done a, an article on uh, the Amiga game Lupo Alberto. Did you look this over? You know, I, I, I kind of glanced through it. I've not read it in full. Um, I think that, you know, the Amiga obviously was a big international hit, so it made sense for, you know, somebody to come along and do this game. I mean, even if it only sold big in Italy, I'm sure Italy had a ton of Amiga users. Mm-hmm. I agree. There's a game that's popular in Europe that we never got. It's called Asterix. You ever, it's based yeah. on comic, right? Yeah. I never heard of it. And me and Luke were messing around with MAME one time, and it came up, and, we, and Luke loves it. We play the crap. It's one of those running, rolling, beat oh, yeah. up. There's you know? two Asterix games for the Master System. And there's some, there's, I think there's one, couple, well, at least one for the Amiga. But that's, so, I mean, it's just, you know, much like North and South. We are, or what was, right. we never that's heard of that. That's a Belgian comment. Yeah, yeah, who knew, right? But anyway, uh, so that's one of the DK. Now, here's one. Our good and dear friend, the Double B, Brutal Barracuda, is up with a new, uh, a new video, 40 Amiga point-and-click adventure games. Have you had a chance to flip through this one? Absolutely. Now, uh, I've got to give the man credit. His production values are, and everything about this video is, is golden. Yeah. Golden. Uh, and it is and it is an awesome video. And it, I looked through this, and I was very excited about it. I was <laughs> like, man, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. It's funny, I was never the biggest point-and-click fan, but, I mean, some of these look awful fun, and some of these I hadn't heard of, too. Right, so right. I thought it was kind of neat. What did you think? Well, I just didn't know... I didn't know that there were 40 point-and-click Amiga Adventure games. I thought that there were, like, 10. So there were tons of games, and they're apparently very well-liked games that uh, that I didn't even know about. And what's interesting to me is all the different interfaces that there are. You would think that, you know... Somebody would come up with something that uh, would stick, like maybe like the Scum Engine, where you're pointing and clicking at different things. Yeah. Um, but these are all like sometimes you'll have to go up to the top of the screen and hover around, and you'll get drop downs. Sometimes it's all text based, so um, it's it's really uh, there's really a lot of variation in this genre. Yeah, I agree. Um, something I stupidly should have mentioned this a few minutes ago, but I'm going to mention it now. Uh, our good and dear pal Chris Folds. Sent us over a uh, a little tidbit about the prem- the uh, premiere of the, a new flick called The Commodore Story, Changing the World, 8 Bits at a Time. Great title. And it will be coming out. Uh, it will be showing. I don't know if this is the debut or if this is a local showing. I'm not sure what it is. It's, but it will be Friday, February 23rd, 7 to 9.15 at the Computer History Museum. Uh, if you're near it, you know where it's at. It's 1401 North Shoreline Boulevard, Mountain View, California. Right, the same place my brother was just. I at. know, we just, man. I, we just talked just about it. it. And this is the Commodore Story is a two-hour documentary that uh, film that it takes audiences through Commodore's world, changing of evolution from the 70s to the 90s. Sounds like my kind of film. Yeah. So if you are feeling froggy, you first of all, if you live near Mountain View, California, you should already be at this museum. 
hanging and banging. <laughs> yeah, There's no reason to leave, right? right? What do we got here? No, I, I did go to the Nitro World War One Museum. It was pretty awesome, but there's no computers in it. Not a lot of computers in use in World War One. There weren't, you know, abacus. You know, maybe yeah. that's what it was. I don't know. So anyway, if you're in town, go for it. That's the way I look at it. Um, oh boy! Speaking of brutal barracuda, he had another, but he was on fire this week. Another episode of nostalgic nonsense. Uh, this one uh, is on a game called, gosh, Horror Zombies from the Crypt, which I've never heard of this game. Have you? No. And I watched this, and it looks wacky. That's all I can say about it. Uh, and uh, uh, <laughs> it, I watched him play it and got, and got a pretty much a hearty laugh. The character that looks like uh, he's got a stick. Shoved somewhere precarious as he walks. <laughs> he, he walks in a very Lionheart-like manner. Hey, now wait a minute. You know, I I, I got to draw the line somewhere. Don't be don't be ragged on Lionheart. So anyway, uh, a couple good vids from Brutal Barracuda, and also I'd like to compliment Brutal on having a beard that puts mine to shame. Look that at is that. true. That is true. He looks like a, a wrestler or a Viking or something. Why do you Why do you never Why have you never grown a full beard like that? <sighs> it's hard. It's hard to grow one like that. Plus, I'm not sure I could get that over with the cops. Hmm, I mean, I'm really, I'm skating on thin ice now with what I got going on. Yeah. I've, I've, my boss looked at me funny a couple of times. <laughs> you sure that was because of the beard? Well, man, you know, <laughs> you might be right. It might be a glare <laughs> off my head blinding him. Um, another another uh, dream catcher joint. Uh, he has had a look at a New Zealand story clone called CJ's Elephant Antics. Now you're we we have talked about the New Zealand story in here before, but we have not covered it. Right. I don't know if we've even done an Amigos play on it, have we? I don't. I don't think I've played the non-arcade version of this. I don't think so. I don't think I've played this one. I, I used to get. I get this confused with Parasol Stars a lot, even though they're two totally different games. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. This. This looks pretty good. Yeah. You know? This might have to go in the list. Mm-hmm. Uh. And uh, any any game that features a title character that's an elephant. It's okay by me. Mm-hmm. Like me some elephant action. Um, let's see if we've got anything else. I think that, believe it or not, after a, th- a thousand minutes, right. I think we've covered everything. <laughs> That's got to be the longest news segment know, in the Hey, it's good, though. That, I mean, you know, this is the time of year where the where it cranks up. Christmas is over. It's cold. you got plenty of time to play. People. And I'm sure this week, while you were, instead of going to work, for example, you probably sat around and played a bunch of junk, and I know you played a bunch of Atari stuff. Right, right. So uh, this is as good a time as any to uh, make the announcement, in case you haven't already heard, that... We're starting a new podcast. Um, we're, we're ending Amigos. This is the last time. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, the, the Amigos podcast will go on forever. Unabated. Unabated. Um, but we are just adding another podcast to our stable. Uh, this one's going to be a multi-platform podcast called uh, ARG Presents, Amigos Retro Gaming Presents. And um, so if you're looking to get our takes on uh, non-Amiga, mostly computers, but we'll do some console too, um, just uh, subscribe to the feed. It will be uh, it's it'll be everywhere um, by the time you hear this. Uh, if you go to iTunes or wherever you get your or go to amigosretrogaming.com, uh, you can find the link to subscribe. We're already in iTunes. We've already got the feed and everything. So um, our first episode is Caverns of Mars, 1982, for the Atari 8-bit computers, along with many other systems. You know, not to dwell on it, but just to give a little backstory. We talked about a, uh, doing a retro gaming computer show probably a year ago, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, it was almost exactly a year and ago. And then right before we did it, we didn't do it. Right. Uh, and because we were just, it, we just didn't do it. It wasn't going to work out the way we wanted. 
And so a couple weeks ago, I came out the boat and I was like, you know, we've got all this non-Amiga material sitting around. Maybe we should categorize this differently. And we got to chatting about it. And long story short, we just decided mm-hmm. to do the show. <laughs> Boat's like, let's do it. Of course, Boat prod me on. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, it'll be pretty much like this show, except I like to call it sort of a Amigos. Uh, uh, After Dark. <laughs> well, Boat. <laughs> no, it, uh, you know, like uh, um, Unlimited, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're going to. Because, uh, first of all, we love the Amiga. And like you said, we're not changing anything here. But we also play a lot of other stuff. And so it, we're, it was just really dying on the vine. We're like, why don't we just do something with what we're playing? And so we thought we would just kick it in we'll, you know, and film some new shows that are about other stuff. So that's what we're doing. So um, this is going to be one of the situations where we get to worry that this show is going to, like, we're just going to give up. Because we're not. we got plenty. we got stuff from now to Doomsday for the Amiga. And sort of the Amiga has a lot more interesting stories, but if we call together everything else from every other system, old computers and stuff, we should be able to get some pretty good material for a new show. So we're going to give it a shot. Yeah. I think it should be fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, Aaron, let's jump right into this week's game. Well, it's actually games, but the first of the two games we're going to look at is Jockey Wilson's Darts Challenge. It's barely games, isn't it? It, I mean, it is. It really is. So... We're going to, you know, when Boat said we're going to do a dart game, I was very excited, and I'll tell you why. I don't know anything about darts. I don't know anything about the UK dart scene mm-hmm. or sporting darts, and I don't know who Jockey Wilson is. And the last time that happens when we did the uh, snooker game. And so I was instantly excited, and I wasn't as disappointed, although this is much, this the backstory behind this is a lot more de- sort of depressing than that yeah. one was. So, um... The first game we looked at of the two was Jockey Wilson's Darts Challenge. This game came out in 1990 and uh, was on one disc, and it was from an outfit called Zeppelin, right, which I'll get to them in a minute. You can have four people play in, in hot seat action, although four people simultaneously would be awesome. <laughs> Just darts flying everywhere. That'd be, or you could sometimes hit your opponent That's true. your points. Um, <clears throat> this game was actually well-ported. Uh, it came out on the Amstrad... It was on the Atari ST, the C64, which I looked at the C64 version. It was pretty good. It looks very similar to it this. It does. Uh, the, the ZX Spectrum, it was out on there as well. Um, of course, it's Jockey Wilson's Darts Challenge. And much like me, I'm guessing you didn't know who Jockey Wilson was either, did you? I'd never heard of him before this podcast. So what I did the first thing that I did here was the exact thing I did last time. And you did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I went to find me a documentary on Jockey Wilson. I watched the most depressing documentary ever made about a man. <laughs> this, was, this was the depressing. It was called. I think it was called Kirkaldi Man. Uh huh. Yep. I'd never heard of uh, Kirkaldi. I didn't know where that was. It's in Scotland for the uninformed, which was me. Um, Jockey was a, a interesting cat who burst on the scene in darts after just he turned pro pretty quick after he started, uh, and. He had an interesting play style. He was a fat, this is too close to home, but he was a fat, toothless, like kind of hick boy from Scotland who uh, went through a myriad of jobs and he and he somehow found himself in a pub, as the story goes, mm-hmm. and he was playing darts and was a pretty, and he won a, a local dart, 500 pound dart contest. And he thought, hey, I'm pretty good at this. And, in, and so he started cranking up to a pro. He debuted in pro in darts in 1979, and he 
he played until 91. And he was a, he was a two-time world champion dart player. Um, again, I didn't know how big darts was. But apparently, and, and I don't know how big it is now. I will say my knowledge of darts pretty much ends when Jockey retired. I can fill in a little bit on okay, that. Okay, please. Um, so I watched another documentary about darts in Britain. Okay. And basically, Jockey Wilson came along at just the right time. Really? Yeah. Uh, darts had already been gathering steam through the mid-70s, but the 80s was kind of the golden age of darts. And right about the time that he hung up his, uh, his arrows, the, the sport started to, to decline. It still is a really big sport um, on sort of the cable side of things. They're, they're not broadcasting, I think, as many matches on main BBC or whatever. But it's still, very, it's still much more popular than, um, than say, the NFL. And, you know, so it's a lot like snooker. It is a lot Let's like snooker. Let's say snooker a lot. Because <laughs> people love it when we say it. That's true. You can't get enough snooker. So that, it's, that's kind of what I figured from what I was, the way and things were going. It's, it's very interesting because darts changed the way that, that sports were presented on TV. It was one of the first sports to have a, uh, a split screen camera where you could see instead of in the early days of televised darts, they'd show you know the guy throwing it and then a quick switch to the dartboard. Then they figured out a way that you could actually show both the dartboard and the person at the same time to get their immediate reaction. And so it really pushed television production uh, forward a lot. Well, the uh, I, I actually watched some darts this week, and if you told me it's a again this this episode was all, in terms of the actual sport, it's a lot like snook. If you'd said, Aaron, you're gonna start watching some darts, I'd be like, yeah, right. But it's actually <laughs> it's fast paced as heck. It is. Sometimes I wonder if the if one of the guys isn't gonna dart the other guy <laughs> because they the legs which are. The, the scoring in this, in terms of the, it's sort of like tennis in a way. Legs are like games, mm-hmm. and then there's and then there's a match, and you win X amount of legs to win the match. That's to win right. The, that and then the set effectively, and then you win X amount of sets to win the, the mm. game. And the guys, for those that don't watch darts or have, you know, if you're like us, I've never seen it. You have the two guys there, and they throw their darts, and then they go up and get their darts, and immediately the guy that they're playing with comes up behind them mm-hmm. and is ready to go. Yeah, and I'm as like, man, as, yeah. and it's not like these guys are, are uh, speed demons. They <laughs> they waddle up. I mean, none of these guys are what I would call muscle bound killers. Yeah, you know, and they waddle up and they get the darts. And I'm always like, man, this guy's gonna club. He's gonna get jockey in the back. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't mess around. Um, the the big time sports pl- are played under uh, a game of darts called five oh one, right? You and I, now I am not a darts aficionado, but you stop me when I'm wrong. And in this particular game, uh, d- the darts challenge, it's a limit of what you there. There is no really. There's only two games in this one. There's five oh one, and you can play against the computer or you can play with play other players. Right. And then there's a beat the clock sort of challenge. Uh, I'll actually like to beat the clock challenge more than I, I played it a lot more than the other game. In the other, in, in 501, you, the first person to get to zero from a starting point total of 501 wins the game, which is just like darts, or right. wins the leg, right? Right. And so you've got a dart board. I'm not going to get too deep into the rules of this, and but they're, they're, it's a very mathematic. I mean, if yeah. they've got a, I and, saw a chart that has all the combinations right. of the different it, numbers you And need. you have to end the game on either a double or a triple. Yeah, which is... You know. And you can't end with either a zero or a one. I mean, there, there's lots of rules the about the end of the game. The real wacky, yeah. yeah. And yeah. the thing is, 
they usually, I noticed that early in the game, all the way to the end, they'll always throw at the 20, almost always throw at the 20. They'll get, uh, if you hit the 20, uh, and you can hit, you can get it from, you can get it to like 60 if you get three 20s. But if you get a multiplier, which is the, the next color down, mm -hmm. you can get 140 you, even. I think you the highest a, you can get is uh, 100, 180. 180. Yeah. And so, but I noticed that when I was watching championship play, the to the number generally was somewhere in the ballpark of, of between ninety and one hundred and forty was mm -hmm. generally what they got. Sometimes they would really screw up and get say forty. Right. right. But I mean, generally that's I mean, from what I watched. Uh, so that's real darts. Now let's talk about the game. In the game, you it, it shows a dartboard, and then it shows a dart that is meandering across the board in a. I don't know, loop-de-loop -loop pattern. A very inebriated pattern. Yes. And then, which also may be a, a holdover from a salute to jockey. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get more jockey trivia in a minute. But, uh, uh, and you uh, you can, your joystick will alter the way the curly cued dart's going, but it's not like, you're not, it's not a straight up and down left, right. I mean, this dart's yeah. going all over the you place. Can, you can never dial it in. Right. Now, if, when I first started playing this game, I couldn't do jack squat. I was horrible. But, and I thought there's there's no rhyme or reason to this, but they're sort. I really I could not find a set pattern, but what I could do is gauge better where I wanted the dart to go. Mm -hmm. And so after I'd played this for a little while, I was getting I was doing okay. My biggest hindrance was just not exactly knowing the rules of darts more than it was anything <laughs> else. That's why one of the reasons I like beat the clock because it that, tells you where to throw it. Well, you go in order from one to twenty, mm -hmm. and you're trying to get it under two minutes. Yeah. That and I came very close. I never actually did. I got the eighteen one time. It's as far as, far as I got. But that was. It's not like I said and played this for forty five million hours. Mm -hmm. I played some. Um, it's all joystick driven. It's very basic. You can tell this was ported. It, I mean, there's nothing here that taxes the Amiga in any right. way. Right, and it, there's no um, keyboard commands either. It's all joystick It's all driven. joystick. Yeah, and there's no mouse. It's it's. Now, I will say, uh, when you play when you play Beat the Clock, it just shows the dartboard. If you play a versus game, it will show your guy like an above view. Right. Of your guy throwing the dart. And to me, this was the coolest part of the game. <laughs> the look, it looked the best. Which is sad. But um, but when you see your opponent, you know, from above, you know, firing the darts with the scorekeeper standing right next to him, uh, that that's a neat that's a neat thing. Yes. Um, the the overhead view in this is the best graphic on either game. Without it, I mean, it's not, not I mean. Well, there's really not much to see on right. there. There's just a dartboard. Well, so. I mean, but I mean, it's it's not, I mean, you're right. But I mean, they, they, you could come up with something. I mean, if you were going to make a proper, and apparently there's a, a much better dart game out there than these that we didn't look at. But I mean, I, there's no guy approaches the thing. There's no drink a beer mini game. Yeah, they yeah. could have done a lot of stuff with this, and if they'd really tried, but this is as, I believe this was a budget title when mm -hmm. it came out. I believe the second was also a budget title, <laughs> and they are budget titles. You, they're budget dart games. Right. So uh, you uh, you follow the curly cue around. You try to make your shot. Now the, the 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 good parts of it are that the computer keeps score of what you're doing, and the computer, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to if you if you can sort of watch what you're doing, and when you're playing two players, you can. You have, yeah, if I was playing this by myself with a real dart, but I'd have less of an idea what to do. This gives you that. And it's probably good practice for learning the rules of darts. Because mm -hmm. I can tell you, when I, the first game I tried, 
I had no idea what I was doing at all. I so you what, never played, you've never played real darts? I've played real darts, but we didn't play like this. We played, we, what we did was like, see who can get close to the center type stuff. Oh, we didn't okay. Actually... So you, yeah. So when I was in Korea, this was a, a common activity. Uh, of course, it's just because there were so many Brits teaching in Korea uh, at mm -hmm. the expat bar. Um, the darts, I, I played a bunch of darts. Mm -hmm. Um, so you'd played 501? Yeah, so the, but like there's another game that we played too called Cricket that's not featured in this game, but it's in the next game. And is it, uh, is it in the next game, is it called Football? Because there's no Cricket. There was Football, Scram, um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It wasn't called Cricket though. What uh, was it called? What was it called? Do you remember what it was called in the other game? We'll get to it because I got them okay. all listed out. We'll okay. figure it out. Um, Maybe somebody in the chat can help us out too. Any, any darts people in the chat? The uh, the game, this game, when you play other players, you play other players, so you got that when you in a verse of it. But I mean, it's just simple stuff. Nothing happens that is different, mm -hmm. right? Um, whether you win or lose, I mean, you get it says a different message, but it's it just it's just darts. I mean, this is as plain Jane as it gets. Right. Something I thought was interesting is as we look at we're looking now in the video at the overhead view. It looks like there's really going to be something used in that overhead view, and it, all it does is show your guy throw the darts. Now, it does show your guy, it, of course, it's an above-head view, so you can see where they're going on the board, but you can't see the depth, you know, how far down they are. Yeah. I wish that they could have done a picture-in-picture -picture here. Exactly. And, yeah. That, would, they, and that wouldn't have been hard to do. Would have added was, a lot. It was minimal effort. Yeah. I mean, as minimal as you get. Right. So, so there you go. So... Getting back to Jockey, and I want to get, I want to touch on this guy a little bit more if we move on. Um, <clears throat> when he abruptly retired, this guy became like a recluse, right? And uh, in the in the documentary we saw, uh, the whole point of it was this guy was looking for Jockey, you know, in his hometown, uh, and Jockey was nowhere to be found. And unfortunately, Jockey passed away. I believe it was two thousand. And yeah, it was 12. Two, 2012, uh, and he had uh, he had I believe he had lung issues because he had smoked. Uh, he had also been a miner. One thing I want to mention about this that and it struck home. I think with both of us yeah. when we watched it, the town that he was from, uh, this uh, uh, what was the name of this town again? Kilcady Kil Kil or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was a, it reminded us a lot of some of the crummier parts of West Virginia. You got a bunch of beat down. It's a beat down mining town. Yeah. And man, I've seen plenty. It looked just like that without the seaside. You don't, you don't have to go far from Amigo Studios to find one. No, you don't. And you had a bunch of people that just were looking for work, and they were just aimlessly. And the, the fact that even they couldn't even keep their pub that Jockey uh, was honed his skills in business. It was a grocery store in mm -hmm. the show. You know, you can't. Even, and, and we've seen it, man. It's crazy how much it was very eerie watching, even the way the people were, because you know I've watched a lot of. Uh, you know, British shows and stuff, and the the accent on these people, even I was like, holy, mate, thank God it was subtitled because these guys, and I thought to myself, this is just like West Virginia mm -hmm. where people here can understand what we're saying half the time yeah. because, they, because of our accent, we're real country. Right. You know? It really, it's funny, people were alike all over, if you mm -hmm. think about it, mm -hmm. And but Jockey, once he once he made his money, he went home, I, I guess he, I know he ended up being on the... Uh, he was. He ended up having nothing, you know, when he when he passed. You know, uh, it, it's sort of sad, mm -hmm. you know. But Jockey had a uh, uh, he had a rep for he would get angry sometimes. He would he would get real angry. He would hold a grudge too. 
you know. Uh, he and he would he knew how to play the crowd, but he was generally a, a well liked, amiable dude. And the one thing, if you watch his videos. And again, none of this stuff, I mean, absolutely nothing about jockey translates into the game. No. Nothing. Which is sad. I mean, uh, uh, but if you if you watch some of his darts, and again, I don't want to act like we're dart experts. This guy was very consistent. I mean, and I don't mean just consistent with the way he threw darts. And, I mean, and he didn't throw darts consistently in terms of his approach, but he's, he threw very consistent shots. But he was, he was a winner his whole career. In ter- I mean, he would always get close to the finals and semifinals. Mm. He was all. It's not like he, he was never. Like, he never peaked and had a period where he wasn't any good. It yeah, wasn't, it wasn't like Ali. It or wasn't like, like the snooker. It, it, where you know, he, this year he'd be great, then he would tank. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy was always near the top until mm-hmm. he retired. Uh, but he had this gimmick. I mean, I don't know what it was, but he would occasionally he would throw the dart in the most cockamamie. <laughs> his shoulder would fly out. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. And this was. I, I watched a, a bunch of of his uh, contemporaries talking about. It, and they all mentioned this. That this guy would throw a dart, like his dart throws were pretty consistent, but every once in a while he would throw the most goofy approach, and it would still, it would never change to where the dart went, man. Which I like that. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it was quirky. He's a quirky dude. You know. Now there is one more piece that I would be remiss of Jockey Wilson trivia. Uh, you know, Dexy's Midnight Runners from what? Uh, Come on, Eileen. Come on, Eileen. That was their only hit in the United States. Oh, they were also on, they also had an appearance on The Young Ones, which I okay. remember there. So, again, that was their only hit in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. in England, they were a much bigger deal. Really? And, yes. I didn't know that. And they had a song called Jackie Wilson. Uh, Jackie Wilson said, I'm in heaven when you smile. However, for a lot of people, thought they, they were talking about Jackie Wilson, I guess, because when they performed this song on Top of the Pops, who did they pop up on the screen behind them but a picture of Jackie Wilson? <laughs> I love, Jackie is great. He's almost like a like Scottish John Goodman, like a young virgin. <laughs> yeah. He's got this dopey grin. He's got this hair that's, you know, it's got that kind of 80s look to it. Of course, it was the 80s, that's why. But he seems like a he's like a big tubby fun guy. Yeah. Now, which hey, he's I the guy you want to be like around. That. That's right. Uh, I have been in many bars. I've seen many drunk idiots try to throw darts, and I laughed at them. <laughs> and one of the things I was reading is that the jock could throw down some booze. Old mm. school. He was drinking a lot, and at the end, unfortunately, really, that kind of ended him. Andre the Giant style. Well, he wasn't that good. Mm. But I mean, I noticed that. <laughs> and this is another one of those sports, and snooker was like this too. Where you just drink while you're playing it, yeah. even if you're in the world championships. <laughs> in, in between the legs, you're throwing them down. There would be a big, huge, like, super beer. And and, and in between, and he, we were talking about how quick it goes. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do it in, in there in the leg. No. You would do it after the leg was over. And you go over and get you a big old hit. Wham! Slam it back. You know? And the darts players, they were complaining about this on this documentary. They're like, they only showed us drinking. And the, the producer was like, that's because that's what you were doing. <laughs> we can't just cut away from you as you down a pint in three seconds. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, but, you know, these are the kind of sports. I'm trying to think what we're, I guess in America, the closest thing we could come to would be other. There were characters at pool when I was growing up, you know Minnesota Fats and guys like that. Wasn't he in the thirties? No, no Minnesota Fats. You're yeah. thinking Fats Domino. Well, he was not in the thirties. Minnesota Fats, and there were. I, I wish I could remember some of the other ones. I, there were some big named pool players I used to know. Uh, Billy Moscone was one of them. I think it was Billy, uh, and there was a couple more. And these guys were characters, you know. 
uh, and they would smoke and drink during their playtime. Um, uh, but we don't really like individual sports in this country. Well, I mean, like know? I used to watch bowling. And there were like literally, I can maybe name like one bowler, but it I, wasn't the same. No yeah. one was getting, you know, you were people were in real life when you go bowling, you'd get you'd be drinking and stuff. But I mean, when yeah. you're watching on TV, it didn't show them gold picking a big pitcher, booze up and look, you know. It's it would be interesting to to see like at what point, what was the high point? Because I know they did used to show bowling on TV, you know, on like a weekly basis. There were have. a couple guys that were I could I used to be a name I can't name mm. them now. But you're right, they didn't have it wasn't the same sort of thing like snooker or um, or or darts where the guys were really characters. Yeah, when I, you know, I can think of, like I said, pool mm-hmm. is the one I can come closest with. And pool had a run. But most of the, you're right, most of the individual sports didn't have that aspect of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the best part of these sports. Yeah, that's what makes me watch thousands <laughs> of hours of YouTube videos on that, these. You know, it's, yeah. It makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I'll tell you what, arm wrestling, at the peak of arm wrestling, which, which again, this is nowhere near what we're talking about from the UK, but... You had some characters in arm wrestling that were When like, would you say the peak of arm wrestling was? I would say... I mean, 82. Were, were these things on television? When did Over the Top come out? Those it was were like 82, it would, it would 83, before, something A couple like years that. before that, because it was late to the party. I'm older than you. This stuff was still yeah, around. Yeah, I mean, I'm genuinely arm, curious. But trust yeah. me, there was nowhere near. I'm just trying to think where you had characters. There was sure. a guy that used to arm wrestle, and before the match, he would eat his cigar. Oh, my it gosh. Lit. It was lit. Wow. Just to intimidate his opponent. That would and intimidate it, me. You know, and his manager on the way out would smack, I mean, was just smacking the tar out of this guy. And he would wow. come out like, and he would and he would do his thing. It was a real guy. You know, I remember thinking, holy smokes. But I guess really the, the thing that would come to closest would be like the, uh, remember the thing Mr. T won, the world's toughest bouncer? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that that really weren't even sporting events. Yeah. You know, or... Uh, uh, Battle of the Network star, not no, Battle the World's Strongest Man, the old school one where mm-hmm. you had like Kent with Lou Ferrigno and all and those Lou, guys. And those, yeah. guys, and those guys were characters. You got to know them as the sport went on. That's true. But really, even that is not the same. Right. It's not a real sport. Yeah. Like this is real. We don't have it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the best thing now would be the when poker was a big deal, and everyone knew all the poker guys. That's true. That That's would be probably the closest, the closest thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're envious, aren't we? We are. <laughs> of that. So. Before we get to the second game, I did a little research on um, the Zeppelin itself. Now, Zeppelin's a game uh, place is a is a uh, they both produce games and they also release games. Right? They they publish them, and they um, I'd heard their name many times, but um, I didn't know anything about them. And you've probably heard of them too. I'm guessing, right? Well. I don't know. I don't know if I have or not. There are so many. I think that there's got to be more than one publisher called Zeppelin. Well, I looked into this Zeppelin. They're still around to a degree. Mm-hmm. They're 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 right now. They're called, they're an outfit called uh, U <laughs> U Technics. I guess or U yeah U Technics E U T E C H N Y X. Um, and they basically, of course, this is one of those Oops. gimmicks where, like, they got bought at one point, and then they, you know, and they got bought again. So I think this is too, but I mean, the same guy is sort of still running it, so it's kind of neat. Um, so, Zeppelin started in '87. It was founded by a guy named Brian Jobling, all right. And this guy started making games for the Atari 800 and the ZX Spectrum and the C64, all right, in the '80s. So, uh, <coughs> and when he was 14 years old. He made he made some stuff and got enough money together 
to, uh, to found his own company, and it was Zeppelin Games. This is actually eerily similar to when we were researching Caverns of Mars. In a way, it's a young guy who came out and made money. Uh, I believe in this guy's case, he had made a, 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 he'd made a program that could duplicate computer cassettes, right? And so they were like, listen, you know, don't do that. Come, why don't you come work for us in a, in a, uh, a capacity of bettering copy protection, which he did. And then he used the money he made from that to roll over to his new company. That was Zeppelin. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he, uh, he started a company in November of 87. And Zeppelin was one of these companies, and I'll get, want to get into this now. So I was trying to decide or trying to find out who made these games, okay? Now, I know who programmed them. And I know who did the music and whatnot, but they. But who did they work for? Well, Zeppelin is one of these many companies that just would literally have you send stuff in, and then they would maybe buy it and sell it, and or and and, and manufacture it and, and publish it. So, and there was a, that's what a lot of these littler companies. I see this a lot, and so when I'm trying to pin down who made the game, like who the hell made this? And sometimes it says like developer unknown. Mm-hmm. Well. The guy that coded it was pretty much the developer because he just coded it in his backyard yeah. or whatever. And he, he, and he was developing it, it when he sent it in to be published. And, and and Zeppelin was one of these companies that they would have. They had their own crew, but they would also have you people that would send stuff into them. And they would sell it, right? Um, so they did stuff. Uh, they made games for the PC. They made games for the Amiga 64. They also even did stuff for the Mega Drive and the SNES, which I was surprised to to read about. Uh, their biggest hits were uh, Jockey Wilson's Darts. All right. So this is one of their bigger hits. <laughs> International Tennis and Universal Warrior at a game called Sink and Swim. All right. Um, so they also did, a, they were also involved in the uh, the first two Micro Machine games. Which you'll really? Which I believe you're a, a big fan of. Okay. So that's kind of neat. So um, eventually the company was picked up in 94 by an outfit called Merit Studios, which I've heard of Merit Studios. And then they eventually became Merit Studios Europe. And then eventually, uh, the company became what it is today, which is this uh, Eutechnics. All right? uh, they've been around for a while, and they've worked on some James Bond, uh, some Cartoon Network titles, stuff like that. Um, and they're and like I said, they're still around today, which is kind of neat. Uh, also, the... the uh, Brian Jobling's brother Darren was involved in it. Now he has spun off since to go into another business, but he was involved. And his brother Brian said, "Listen, I'm making all this money. Come work for me." And he was like, "Okay." <laughs> so good move. It's neat to see that these uh, companies still around. Now these guys made a ton of games, and I printed out a ton. But I'm just going to go over a couple that they, they did, and we'll see if you've heard of them because a lot of these are I mean, are the budgiest budget titles you ever heard of. And some of them we've actually talked about and, and we weren't real impressed with what they had. One of them that comes to mind is Ed the Duck. I remember we talked about that uh, a long time ago. They made these games that for the C64 and Amiga called Arnie and Arnie 2. The, yeah, these? these are like um, they're like um, Rambo type games. That's right. Yeah, Dreamcatcher has covered all of this. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, this, is, this is like Dreamcatcher's bread and butter. Right. Fist Fighter. <laughs> this game is supposed to be horrible garbage and I've got to Man, try it. I was that watching, sounds awesome. I was watching a video of it. They did World Rugby and they did uh, International Soccer on the Amiga and PC. So kind of neat. 
Uh, I, I'll, you know, I, I like that stuff. So the program, like I said, when the guy made this program when he was 14, and the name of the program was Complete Copier. That's what, So I like the fact that a guy who basically made something that was a copying program effectively went to go work for the guys that he was trying to bust and protect. He's the of. original white hat. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they started Zeppelin. They figured they'd, it was a lot like you and your Bitcoin strategy. They were going to give it two years, and if it didn't work, <laughs> they were going to give up. So it's been 25 years or so, and they're still in it, so it's working out pretty good. Um, so with that in mind, we move on and check out Jockey Wilson's Compendium of Darts. Now, this game came out in 93. I love the, I love the box. I will say that. And it, I, if there, anyone out there has an autographed box of Jackie Wilson, I would, I would buy that from you. Just, although I'd wager no one does. I, I should also mention that uh, for both of these games, there was no uh, extended gameplay footage of either of these on YouTube. So I had to go in and play the game for 10 or 20 minutes just to get enough footage to cobble together for this episode. It's funny because I, I taped my both my plays, and I was like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a real good game, and that way if I've got it taped, I can show it off. Yeah. I, I've deleted the footage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've still got it, but I, it didn't happen. Uh, so... Again, this came out in 93, one disc again, because Zeppelin wasn't going to spring for double disc action. Um, the, uh, this game, you had a similar situation. Let's, let's not beat around the bush here. You still had the crazy hand rotating over a dartboard. I will say the crazy hand is not the exact same, or the crazy dart. It's not the exact same. It's, it, it, it doesn't feel the same when you move the stick around, but it's the same basic concept. Yeah, it's a right. you know, crazy, crazy dart. So this game is similar to the first game with a couple extra goodies. So this is not just darts. This is the compendium of darts. And you know what that means. You've got to have multiple games in your compendium of darts. This one had several games. All right. And I, I'm not going to lie. Some of these I, I played without knowing what they were. Just see anything different happen. And I had to get rules for all these games. And I'm not going to go over all the rules, but I, I did that so I could remember what the hell I was talking about. So, of course, you've got standard 501. All right? You've got to have that. Then you've got Scram. Now, have you ever played Scram? Maybe, no. uh, one of these you, we assume you've played, but you, it was under yeah, a different it was, name. Yeah, it was called something different. So uh, in Scram, you have to score a higher score than your opponent. If you've each had a turn as a scorer, it's complicated. I didn't get what the hell was going on. All right. Then you got a game called Shanghai. All right. Uh, uh, it's another game. I tried my best to figure out what the hell was happening. I had to print out rules, which I'm not going to read, but. Keep in mind, all these games involve a, a shaky dart or on a dartboard, mm. okay? Then you've got football, okay? Uh, the object of that is, uh, is to be the first to score a predetermined number in a manner similar to American football, all right? What you got that going for you. Although, as I recall, the graphic for it's not an American football. No. It's, so, I don't know why. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if that description is accurate. Where did you get that from? <laughs> hey, this is the darts, International Darts and uh, like Administration. These are come straight from the Dart Council. Okay. The, okay. There's a Dart Council, both. <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> you think there's a Tiddlywinks Council, a oh. Marbles Council? Everyone's got a council, right? Um, so, football, again. I stuck to the one I knew, mm. but I'm just mentioning these uh, just so because these games were featured. And if you know what these games are, you know what they are. So, um, and Alex said there's 501 darts. So what makes this different boat than the original? Well, 
why don't you tell us? I mean, not much. So, so the differences are is that one, there's more games. Two, you can choose where you want to play. So they kind of have three levels. There is the, the pub level, your sort of intermediate competition, and then like international competition. Yeah. Um, and in each, um, each set, you get different background graphics when your opponent is throwing the darts. I'm also assuming that in each set, the computer player is, you know, the computer player in the international competition is better than the guy at the pub. Right. I would assume. Although it didn't matter because they all stomped the mud. Right. I was going to say there was no, yeah. there's no contest for that. Um, so the, um, other than that, the game is very, very similar. Um, the, the fonts are a little bit different, but you can tell that these guys, they wanted to put out another darts game that just included more variations. Now, the, the big difference in, in terms of the graphics is the guy throwing the darts at the board. Gone are the, I don't know what you would call the first game, the stage where it's like a TV studio mm -hmm. and you're out there throwing. In, in, in this one, you're, you see old Pudgy, I guess something that's supposed to be <laughs> jockey, I mean, really, it looks like Homer Simpson with a pompadour or something. I don't know what's in That doesn't look like, does it look like jockey to Not you? Not too much. I mean, you. this is a computer that can handle digitized graphics. Could they not just digitize a picture of jockey and have his arm animate? <laughs> I guess not. And you've got, uh, at least the, I didn't play the uh, the higher levels because I knew I was get murdered. So I, I saw a lot of this chick behind the bar, okay. this sad sucker that's drunk at the bar. So on the higher levels, you do have a news a news crew that's there, but it's still the same, it's the side-on Right, I saw, um, I watched the video of, the of it, so I, mean, yeah. it, it, I was like, man, they look at this crap. The, uh, uh, and you, it, it's, the that part of the game it looks stupid. Yeah, it's I mean, not it's nearly as cool. It's, I mean, the first, the first one wasn't like Shadow of the Beast or anything, but I mean, this looks really dumb. Mm -hmm. The chick is, <laughs> look at that. There's a, there's a drunk loser at the bar. And the thing is, no one is paying attention to you or gives a crap about It's your just darts. like real pub darts. It is. <laughs> if me and you went to the to the bar to play darts, this is the reaction we would get. You know, a big fat guy throwing something at something else. Um, I found that this game, I have to say that I played this one less. And I, because I, I got used to the... It, the dart moves, it's easier in this, I think. I actually did win a leg in this off the computer one time. I was very impressed with myself. Um, I ended up playing this one more because I didn't notice at first uh, that there was a second game. I thought that Jackie Wilson's Compendium of Darts was the only Jackie Wilson uh -huh. game. Um, and so uh, I ended up playing a lot more of this one. Well, I played more of the first one because I, I, uh, it was just... To me, it I got used to it because I played it first. But I did I played enough of this to where I could get the hang of, of how the you know of how to throw the dart. This one gives you a hint on what to do. You know, it like it'll say go here, and you can try to go there. Uh, again, it's more of the same. A, a static dart board that you throw your crap at with a shaky hand. Right. Um, could these have been done better from the perspective of playing the darts on the Amiga? Um, What do you think? I mean, can you think of a gameplay element that would have worked better? Yeah, um, th these games were obviously ports from their 8-bit versions. Yeah, um, oh, yeah and so, so they had to keep joystick control in mind. But one of the best darts games I ever played was for uh, is an old Windows 3.1 darts game, just like Shareware. And what you do is you'd actually draw the mouse back and then push it forward quickly to launch the dart. 
And that was pretty fun. I enjoyed that. Um, now, did the Amiga have the precise control necessary with the mouse to be able to do that? I think it did. You know, I, I when you move the mouse around, you know, on the desktop or whatever, it seems to work with high fidelity. Um, but again, you if you did it that way, you'd only be able to market this game to the Amiga and you wouldn't easily be able to just put it out on everything under the sun. I will say this, uh, I, I'm with you. I thought the mouse would have been a good, a good uh, angle to use for the game. Same exact thing. You kind of line up your shot, mm -hmm. maybe make it a little shaky and, have the, and whack the yeah. mouse and you could give it a good shot. Mm -hmm. You're right. It was just a port, quick port. You know, I will say in terms of dark games, probably the best one I've ever played was there's a Wii, uh, I think it's Wii, it's not Wii Plays, but it's Wii Plays 2. It's the, I think it was only... Wii Sports Resort? It's not... No, oh, no, you're thinking... No, I know what you mean. It's the Wii this Motion. This is the one that came with the Japanese Wii that they eventually brought over here. Right. And it's not good. But the Wii, the Dart version where you hold the Wii Mote like this and kind of go like mm -hmm. that, at least you sort of feel like... Yeah, you throw... It's kind of like a paper plane type motion. That's right. You yeah. feel like you're tossing a dart. Mm -hmm. You know. These games... Uh, this game could have fit perfectly in a, like as one of the mini games in like bar games. Yeah. You know, you have, you know, that would have been fine with me. And they, because these really are mini games. They're not really, it's not hardly a full-fledged game. But of course, mm -hmm. it's a budget title. I'm going to grade on the curb and, and, and say that, for, I mean, the sad thing is, I will say, I played quite a bit of darts trying to get the rules down. So I can't, it's lazy. It's a budget title, but it was lazy. I would like to see a full-fledged dart game. And we may have to cover, I, while I was looking for stuff on this, I found, Lots of stuff on another game that's that, that premiered darts game on the Amiga. Maybe somewhere down the line we have to cover that so we can at least feel what it's like to actually play a proper darts game. As it was for a budget release, it's passable. Right. How about that? Is that about the way you feel about Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Um, you know, I picked this game because I wanted to find out more about Jockey Wilson. And, uh, and it succeeded in helping me learn more about Jockey Wilson. The game itself is is passable but it's nothing to write home about and you can surely find a better darts game on the platform and i agree with you and i looked i was dying to find some like later interviews with jockey after he'd retired and they're not kidding i couldn't find jack squat i looked mm -hmm. and this is an amiga related so it should have been a lot easier i couldn't find nothing i guess he did not do hardly any interviews at the end of his life yeah so still a, a colorful character and god we I wish there were more guys like that around. Mm -hmm. You know, just entertaining. A baseball had these guys back in the day, too. Just colorful, wacky guys, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot more fun back in those days. But, yeah, I got into darts. I was watching the World Championships that Jockey won the second one before I came over, and it was... People were going nuts. I like the you fact know, that people out in the crowd are just liquored up. Oh yeah, they got it, signs and dolls, and they're all and they're cheering and booing guys. And that's what that. I do whenever I, you know, what I do is I fire up uh, upstairs. I've got the, I turn on the gas fireplace and I pour myself a big glass of booze and just get liquored up and watch darts. And there's nothing better. And I could watch darts now. Yeah, and you know, know what's going on. Well, not just that. I mean, it's. I wouldn't watch modern darts. I like the nostalgic part, right. but I mean, it's just I like sit down, I could sit down now and watch darts. It's just, I had the same thing I did when I watched with Snooker, and also when I first learned how to watch Australian rules football, because it was one of those things I just skip right past, mm -hmm. you know. But man, all of a sudden, hey, I know what's going on. It's fun. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, so if I took anything from the game, it's that. So did you look on eBay to see how these things actually? How did this game review? Did it re did well, it review anywhere? Let's talk about what well, I, I wanted to put these together with the reviews. The okay. eBay. So the original game I did have some reviews. Um, 
they were mixed, but they were none of them were huge. So Amiga format gave it seventy seven percent. The Joker I gave it a seventy two, not too bad. Yeah, Joker was nice to uh, Australian computer and Amiga review gave it seventy five, uh, but. Um, Joystick, 54. They killed it. Mm. Zero gave it 68. So it wasn't a huge... I mean, it's a budget title. So, you know, but still 70s, eh. That's not a bad I wouldn't bad go score. that high, I don't think. But I would go... It may I be think 70s. is that. Yeah, yeah, I do too. So the compendium did far worse, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> now, this was 93. So think about what happened between 93. You had some big-time games come out oh, with yeah. Amiga. This was not considered a big-time game. <laughs> um, Amiga Action, 57%. Amiga Force, 44%. Amiga Format, 6 out of 10. And the 1 gave it a big, whopping 49%. Not a popular game. It, it got more reviews. Uh, I should mention that the second one was was not ported to as many things. The C64, the ZX, that's pretty much it. So it didn't get as much of a port. Now, eBay. This is probably one of the few times this has ever happened. There were no... Um, uh, Jack, uh, Jockey Wilson's for sale. I know what you're going to do. You're not going to find it because I looked before I came over here. Just I knew you were going to do this. There were none for sale uh, on either on either game, and there were none that had been sold on on uh, um, uh, on there. So here's one that uh, ended the 18th December 2017. I don't go back that far. You don't go back one month. One month. Oh come on, it's, that's over a month by the way. 18th December. It's exactly a month ago. Today's like the 19th, isn't it? Or the 20th? Okay. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So I'll go back one month. When, when, when you do your eBay searches, you need to go back one, a little bit further. You need to go, you need to month. dig into the hey, past you, here. No way. <laughs> no way. One month's all you get. Isn't it weird that he's standing on top of a soccer ball? What's up with that? I, you know, oh, look at his little legs, too. That's, we're looking at the we're looking oh, at yeah, the, let me, uh, let, me, let me put this here. up on the board here. Um, uh, I, I knew this game was not, not going to be a, a, a big money one, but I was surprised that there was nothing zero currently available. Right. That's odd. There's yeah. almost always something currently available. Well, this this had zero bids at 99p. So. I'd have bought it for that. Yeah. I, I, I would put that up on my wall. So if you've got a copy of this, put it up and me and Bo will bid on it. We don't care. <laughs> I'm jockey. We'll have all the crappiest budget games. I just like any, any Amiga title, just to have it up. Yeah. You know, I'd put it up there. I bought Cannon Fodder 2. I don't even know why. Just because I thought that was cool looking. I put it up on the wall. So, but overall, it was fun. It wasn't uh, the best game I played. Though. No, no. It wasn't much of a game at all, frankly. All right, Aaron, the time has come to thank our Patreon supporters. So if you are just tuning into the show for the first time... You're late. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs> um, we've got um, a Patreon page if you want to support the show, uh, just like these fine folks. Embrace yourself. <laughs> Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRocher, Creepy Dead Boy, Vicky CTZ, Slow Norris, Stefan Sugar Mortensen, Edvin Helen, Blendo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foltz, Dreamcatcher, Laura Giroux, Graham Vebke, Brent Dowdy, Lane Denson, Adam Batters, Brio, Brian's Retour and Vintage. Gary Hucker, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Stiles, Anthony Jarvis, Tapes from the Crypt, Josh Nan, Will Williams, 
Jonas Rulo, THT Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Humbertstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels of Dawn, Kilbert Barman, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. You have no idea what that was, do you? Yeah, I know what it was. I th I know now, at the end. <laughs> I thought you were doing Blackbird at first. I was like, oh, that's interesting, but no. No. You didn't go that route. That's beautiful, Bo. Thank you. No, Thank it wasn't. All right, guys. Um, again, um, if you're interested in listening to a show about non-Amiga computer games, uh, make sure you check out ARG Presents. Uh, you can subscribe at AmigosRetroGaming.com or find us on iTunes. But for right now, Aaron, uh, we're going to end the show. And I've forgotten what game we're going to do next week. Do you remember? You never told me. Well, <laughs> it'll be a surprise to all of Mystery us. Mystery game again. Mystery game again. But we'll be back <laughs> need to look that up. next Friday uh, with a new show at our normal time. We will see you then. Until then, adios. adios.